You're listening to the 108 Bricks Podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at 108BricksPod and also use the hashtag 108Bricks to get involved with each show. Also, be sure to give us a like on Facebook, 108 Bricks Podcast, and get involved with all of our conversations during the show. Buck Whites. How's it going, everyone? Good to be back here on the airwaves. I know that the baseball season is relatively o- over for the most part, but there are some off-season stuff coming relatively up. Relatively over. It, it pretty much is over. We it, have it a is World over Series with. champion. Well, but I say relatively because there's still the off-season. And in the last few years, the baseball off-season has been actually pretty entertaining to keep a baseball conversation going. So with that being said, I I say relatively over because the playing stuff is all over, but there's still the the behind-the-scenes stuff that's taking place. It's been awesome, though. Rumors getting tossed around and, and, you know, different signings and all that sort of stuff. The action never stops. Yeah, it never stops. It's been fun because basically I think the past two years have been some of the two best World Series we've we've had in a long time. It's sort of like revived baseball from... The dead almost. Yeah. And now everyone's paying attention to these off-seasons a lot more. We'll get into the, those details a little more. But since we recorded our last episode, there have been just a few more changes yeah. within the Cubs clubhouse. Yeah, when we All recorded, of them non-player related. When we recorded last week and when we released it on Friday, we recorded it in the beginning of the week. You called it with the hitting coach. With the hitting coach, yeah. I thought John Maley was going to get fired, and of course he did. And actually, I, I think... He or Hinsky went to the the Angels. I don't remember. One of the two went to the... I think Hinsky uh, went to the Angels. Um, but the Cubs did bring in new coaches, which was interesting to see. They brought in former Red Sox hit... Or actually, excuse me, the Red Sox hitting coach, um, who I absolutely love. Um, I also was... You know, in, in the heat of the moment, I was kind of skeptical about the um, the firing of uh, Chris Basio. But then I heard a really good interview. Um, I don't know if any of you guys listened to ESPN 1000. Um, or with David Kaplan, but he had on, uh, this was probably about two or three weeks ago, um, he had on Chris Archer, um, the ace of the Tampa Bay Rays, and I know we've talked about him, Dylan, a few times, possibly b- being a trade candidate, um, and he talked to you or to uh, Chris Archer about coming, not only coming to the Cubs and with his name being tossed around, but he asked about Jim Hickey, who was the pitching coach they signed from Tampa, and nothing but really great things to say about Jim Hickey. And I, you know, hearing it from a player's perspective who speaks so highly of him, and he sounded like you know, you know, it, it kind of sucks. It sucks that he's gone and he's going to the Cubs now and all that sort of stuff. It does kind of stink to see that he's leaving Tampa because obviously he had a great connection with Chris Archer, but bringing him to the Cubs and having him kind of you know fill that void, I think not only helps solidify the coaching staff a little bit, but also hearing such great things from, you know, the pitchers down in Tampa who worked with Hickey and had a great experience with him. I'm really excited to see what he can do with uh, the Cubs pitchers when it comes to spring training. It seems like it's there's just a nice little shakeup of the staff in the clubhouse. And a lot of people were sort of critical of it because this whole shakeup occurred only one whole year after a World Series victory, and they and still then, made it to the NLCS, and, and then all that yeah, stuff. and you make yeah. it to the NLCS. You won the Central Division again for two years in a row, and yet here you are shaking up your entire coaching staff except for the manager. Yeah, um, 
it just seemed like there were a lot of disagreements maybe within it. And there was also very clear struggles. I think both me and you have been very critical of certain aspects of the Cubs hitting as well as their bullpen and their starting pitchers. Obviously, they had that abysmal first half of the year and they got around that. Who knows if Basio was to credit for that? Who knows yeah. if... There was there's a lot of there there's a lot of he said she said and you can throw blame wherever you want but it seems like the Cubs had a plan the front office had a plan of what they wanted to do yeah after the NLCS and they executed it right away they got the guys they wanted obviously they're still in need of a few bench coaches um after losing um, a few to the Dodgers not to the Dodgers to the Nationals losing one to the Nationals. And uh, they're still going to be in search of that. David Ross is still name is still getting tossed yeah. around. And really, other than the fact that I think he still wants to take a break because he seems to be still working, even though he had a he retired. Well, and my thing confuses me is that you know he wants to be retired and everything, and he takes an ESPN gig. He takes a Dancing yeah, with the Stars. He takes gig. on all this extra stuff, and then on top of that, you know, if he comes back to join the Cubs as a bench coach. He'd be traveling with the team just as if, if he's a player. Yeah. So what's the point of being retired, you know, or being in retirement, I should say, when you have and you want to spend time with family and all that, when you're basically just rejoining the team but not playing anymore? Yeah. That, well, basically, yeah. And we're at this point now is like, does he want to do that or does he want to actually take time off? Also, with are, his are you kind of tired of David Ross, of all the David Ross hype and? joy and all that sort of uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I like the... It, I think it got... Great like, guy. Blown out of really proportion. Really nice guy and everything like that. Glad that he went out a, a MLB champion, World Series champion, everything like that. But man, all the news just linked to almost seemingly every single possible thing he could do. You know, he's linked to it. and I would it, like to see him as a bench coach, though. I think he would be great. Point, yes. I think he would be great at that position. It's It's like... Or a manager. I it's think just kind of really weird. Yeah, it's always weird because like catchers always make good coaches, just because of how well, yeah. their knowledge of the game, with the pitching staff, they know they've done everything. Yeah, actually, they, they know so everything. It would be nice to see him show up. I don't know if this year would be the year to do it, but it would be nice to see him show up sooner or later. Obviously, the Cubs organization loves him. The the, the whole nation loves him. Yeah, <laughs> but. I don't think this is the right fit for him right now. Obviously, there's a lot of candidates out there. I'm not really well versed in the whole coaching world of names and whatnot. Yeah. Um, obviously, I look into it more when the Cubs need to make a little shakeup and and do it a lot more. But it's there's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of names out there, and we'll see how it plays out for them in the season. But moving on to the player side of things, there are uh, a decent sized list. Of current, well, not current Cubs members anymore, of ex-Cubs players who, since the end of the World Series, have now entered the free agent market and are qualified or unqualified to receive a uh, a an, quali- offer. an offer from offer. the Cubs. Yeah. Um, I don't. Th- I don't know. Is there a certain limit to the salary of? Like, does this player has like, to be paid a, a certain sal- amount to be well, eligible uh, a, to be offered? A, no, a, a qualifying offer is. Based on, the team gets the first chance based on their last salary, right? Uh, yes, but I also think it, it's part of uh, the collective bargaining agreement where they set the market for a qualifying offer, and it's for every single player. Um, some players, if they're looking for a bounce back year and they get it, they'll take it. Um, you know, if other players, you know, like Jake Arrieta or you know John Lackey get uh, are you know hitting the free agent market, um, Arrieta is different because he's going to want to cash in which, you know, I don't blame him if he wants to because it's the first time he's going to hit 
free agent market after a long string of success. Um, but John Lackey, on the other hand, if he gets a qualifying offer from the Cubs, he might take it just because, you know, it's, you know, 17 extra million dollars into his bank account that he can have. And, you know, he'd be staying in Chicago. Oh, there are. So there changes. are limitations. I, I went in there. And so um, they are they are able to offer qualifying offers if the player has never received a qualifying offer previously in their career. Yeah. And the player um, and that player has spent the entire season on the team's roster. Oh, okay. So any free agents they picked up that are done with for that year, they can't they can't offer qualifying offers. Gotcha. To. I know there's like eight of them that they can offer. Um, I don't think the Cubs are expected to send one to eight all eight of them. Um, I I would think the two that they definitely send a qualifying offer to is to, at least in my guess, would be Wade Davis and uh, definitely Jake Arrieta. Um, I don't know if either one will take it or not. But we'll go I, down our list and decide. Yeah. We'll we'll give you our own personal opinions on who the Cubs. We think the Cubs should not only give a qualifying offer to, but actively pursue to try to keep on the team going into 2017. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll just start at the top of the list here that I have. First things first. I guess we're gonna go through some of the pitchers. We have John Lackey. Now we've talked about John Lackey a lot this year. And his 2017 salary uh, was $16 million. Mm-hmm. Do, would you offer him a qualifying offer? <laughs> <That's> a, um, <laughs> we'll get right to the point. I think I would. I, I think before I did, <laughs> um, I would want to see what's his plan. Does he want to play? Is he going to retire? What's he doing? That sort of thing. Um, if he still hasn't made a decision on that thing, then I probably would not give him a qualifying offer. Um, I think that's probably actually going to be the way I'm going to kind of like lean towards. It's probably not for qualifying offer. Sorry, I dropped You my fool. <laughs> I probably would not give him a qualifying offer just because I, you know, he's definitely up there in age, but I definitely think the Cubs have some pieces that they can work with to get in some um, better and younger starting pitching into their rotation, and they don't have to necessarily worry about bringing him back. And let's not forget, too, he had a career high in home runs allowed this past season, excuse me. Um, I don't think it'd be a, a, a really smart idea for the Cubs to bring in an aged veteran who just gave up a bunch of home runs last season. Yeah, he was good down the stretch, and you know he came out of the bullpen in the playoffs or whatever. Um, I, I just don't see the value there, for at least for me. I would re- much rather take my chances into the, the free agent market or into the... Um, into the uh, the trade vet market and see what I can get in return and get a younger person in there in the rotation that you can still kind of develop and work with more so than uh, an older veteran. I'm kind of on your the same boat there. I don't <clears throat> I don't think he's I, I don't think he expects a qualifying offer and I don't think he's going to get a qualifying yeah. offer. Um, personally, I, if I'm lackey, if he still has anything left in the tank, he'll probably go to a different team just because I think. A lot of teams will see him as a uh, as a seasoned veteran. He'll yeah. be a guy who, with that experience and, and with all the knowledge that he has, I think can be a very uh, a good fit for a different team just to help younger guys develop. 
uh, a team that's rebuilding, perhaps. I think a team that's potentially... When you, when, you, when you mention the fact that you can think he would help guys develop, I just see him bursting out. I can, no, I can easily see that happening. Things like that. Yeah, and this is how you get ejected from the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. But uh, no, he's been a guy who's been around for a while, and I think a team that's potentially rebuilding and looking for a cheaper pitcher, like a veteran guy, that's what that's who you'd want to put into that spot right there. And, I don't think, and you're right, I don't think the Cubs really need his presence on the team anymore other than the fact that he's a great guy in the clubhouse it seems um and that he's extremely competitive and he plays to win every day even though he gives up a ton of home runs i still think though if the price is right and some of the other guys in his same position that teams are looking for are going for a lot more money the cubs would possibly re-sign him this all still depends on if he wants to play, if he wants to keep going. Yeah. And and that's still up in the air at this point. Now, the other Cubs pitcher, which I think is the polar opposite of what our thoughts are going to be, um, is Jake Arrieta, who's entering free agency. His 2017 salary was actually less than Lackey's. He was paid $15 million that year. Um, now it comes down to... For me, at least, for Jake Arietta, it comes down to how much he has left in the tank and how well the scouts and all the uh, all the Cubs front office evaluates Jake for how much he has left in the tank yeah. going in for the rest of the year and if they want to pay that money. I think it's pretty well known at this point that Jake is going to be looking for a payday and for all things considered, he deserves that payday. More than, more than anybody else, any of the other free agents on the Cubs right now, he deserves that pay, payday. Actually, although there's one other who would deserve a payday. We'll get into that later. But obviously, I think I think the rumors are he's looking for around a seven-year, $100 million deal potentially. And so do you want Jake in the rotation for another seven years? Because other than that hamstring injury he had in 2017, Jake's been a rock solid guy. He yeah. had, he's had his ups and downs. He had his unbelievable second half of the season a couple years back in 2015 that led to a a Cy Young award. What does he have left in him? How many innings does he have left? He's still fairly young but getting up there. What would you what do you think he would contribute to this team for the rest of the year? Arietta? Yes. Um well, if depending on how long the contract is, and I mentioned this last week too, or the last episode, is that I don't think, you know, because of the fact that Arietta hasn't had a lot of, um, I mean, he's had, I think, what, five years in the big leagues, I think. On and off with Baltimore, I don't really consider that consistent. On but, and off. That was from, more, that was off with Baltimore. Well, I'm saying on and off, meaning like he was called up, sent oh, down, okay. called I up, thought sent you down. Meant like how he was um, good and not, bad. No, not, not performance-wise. Um, but I, I also look at... Um, not only just the the way he's been called up and sent down and stuff, but the way he was able re able to gain form and everything like that. I think that there is something to be said there. Um, I, I definitely think that you could probably get five or six good years out of him um, because of the fact he doesn't have a lot of major league arm use. I, I do think though there should be like a, an option in there. So maybe what you do is you kind of do something maybe like. Uh, um, what Giancarlo Stanton did, except kind of reverse it. So maybe you give him more money up front and you make the back half of his contract less loaded where Stanton got less in the front half of his contract so the team could get better and you uh, backloaded on the contract that Stanton got. But you flip it around a little bit. I think if you give him 
you know, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe $18, 19000000 million, you know, for a season, and then you load it up heavy in the first three or four years, and then you kind of diet down the end of the year. If he's on the decline, you know, it might be easier to part with a contract that's less than, you know, $15 million or so than what you would get if you had to keep him for But I also that. think that's the biggest thorn in the side for the Cubs right now is if you're if you're doing a front-loaded contract because let's say you front-load it for the first three or four years and he tanks, which is a potential that would, with yeah. this. That's, that's, I think that's what the Cubs' biggest risk is right now with a possible signing of Jake Arrieta. And with the other options... On the market, the Cubs may be looking to go elsewhere to give some, what, though, somebody take, uh, a more front-loaded option. I would take option. night and day Arietta over the other starting pitchers that are out there on the free agent market right now. Um, you know, I, I look at right now, you uh, Darvish is out there. Um, he's one of the top starting pitchers available. But I also look at you know uh, Shohai Otani, who's you know the Japanese. You know, pitcher and Alex Cobb is still out there. Yeah, Alex Cobb is out there. He's a free agent though. But you know, I would take Arietta especially over um, a lot of the other at least starting pitchers on this. You know, because you you have a lot of relievers out there, but starting pitchers there aren't. I mean, Lance Lynn doesn't interest me either. Alex Cobb, yeah, you could bring him in on a one or two year deal. Um, just in general, Jason Vargas is another one out there. Um, he, I think Arietta is the most proven guy to go out and get just because of his consistency. Also, CC Sabathia he is a free agent too. He's definitely the best starter out there. So if the Cubs are looking to cash in on free agency with starting pitching, I would he'd be the guy to go after. Um, you look at the other end of the ball, and you could say, you know, they could go out and trade for guys. Yes, they can. That'd be another way they could do it as well. It's, it's pretty interesting. I was looking at the, the website I'm looking at right now gives his, gives Jake's market value at um, almost twenty seven million dollars, which is ten million over what he got paid in the 2017 season. Well, and that's also what ten million over the qualifying offer. Yes. So that's another interesting thing too. And that, I think it's pretty safe to say the Cubs are going to offer him a qualifying offer, and he's going he's to decline, decline the it, qualifying yeah. offer. That's that's a pretty good big given. Um, it's just a matter of what happens next and how well the front office can manage it. Obviously, we went over a lot of other options. I wouldn't mind seeing Jake back. I'm sure you wouldn't mind seeing Jake back. I don't think there's a Cub fan out there that wouldn't mind seeing Jake back only, as long as we're not busting our wallet. I think the only one that I could see taking the accepting the qualifying offer um, would maybe be Wade Davis. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Davis is also the heavy favorite out of the the relief pitchers, that is. And I know there's Greg Holland out there, too, who had a great year with a great bounce back year with Colorado. Um, but Davis and Holland on the free agent market, I think, are the two um, favorites in the relief pitcher category. And I don't know what the relief pitching um, off the top of my head. I don't remember who's a free agent next year um, out of the free agent market. Um, everybody talks about you know Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, all those guys being free agents. But um, I, I definitely think that um, those two guys. I think Davis would be the one that would be most the closest to signing that qualifying offer. Yeah. Well, speaking of Davis. Let's move on to him on okay. this list because he's going to be he got paid ten million last year. Not too shabby for no. a trade for Jorge Soler. Gosh, yes. <laughs> and what his a market steal value a trade that was. Holy heck. And it's interesting because you mentioned how he may accept the qualifying offer. His market value is listed at around fifteen million. 
going into next year. And the qualifying offer is above his market Just a, value. Yes. Um, I mean, what I offer him, Melby, I'd offer him it, and if he took it, great. If he didn't, I still would go after him and try to get him locked in for at I, least, I was at least say, three years. I wouldn't. I'd say there's no reason to not try to lock in Wade Davis on yeah. the market. I, I, like what he's done for this team in the 2017 season was unbelievable in terms of closing performances. Now, the one thing I'm worried about is the value for closers in the MLB seems to be skyrocketing at this point. Obviously, we saw with the Chapman $100 million deal. Well, uh, okay, but you got to look at what Chapman is. He's a left-handed pitcher who throws 105. Still, though, still, though, <laughs> like, the, the need for a strong closer, the closing role is turning a lot more, turning becoming a lot more, more into than, yeah, and becoming a lot more important than just going on the mound and getting three outs at the end of the game. They're starting to be asked to do a lot more, a lot of multi-inning work, a lot of specialty work, and... The fact that it's a lot more difficult, it seems almost a lot more difficult to close out games Yeah, the past few seasons than it has been over the, over, God, the last 10 years of baseball yeah. almost. It's definitely Getting a been... guy who's able to go out there and get three outs consistently yeah. is seems to be like trying to find a needle in a haystack. And I think the Cubs found that needle with Wade Davis. I want to make sure they try to keep him on. You know Joe likes him. Uh Hopefully he takes the qualifying offer, and, but given how the market value is for closers out there, it's going to be tough for them to do it. Yeah. Um, another pitcher now on this list, we have Koji Uihara, nope. who I, I think it's pretty would safe not. to say both of us would not do it. With that injury, we lost him for virtually the entire second half. Well, not only that, but like the the thing is, like he was really good in the beginning. Like he was pretty effective in the beginning, and then like after he fell apart after May, like in June, he just started slowly going downhill. And the the injury may have been the credit for that. You know, something was bothering but him. He's also forty three. He's yeah, he's old. He's he's up really up there in age. He posted a three nine eight ERA uh, last year, which nothing really to brag about. Um, not going to be paid a lot of money, and I think with the way the bullpen went last year, the Cubs are definitely going to be looking for a lot of new guys, new names in that. Yeah. In the pen, trying to look to rebuild from there. Now, here's a name that interests me a lot more than any other names on the list, and I'm interested to see what you think about this, is um, Alex Avila, who's going to be a free agent for the Cubs. Now, my view on this is, no, they're not going to give him a qualifying offer, um, but... I do think they should go after him in free agency and sign him as a backup catcher. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I don't know Avila for me. I I think I would say I guess go after him, but I really liked what Victor Carantini was doing too, and he kind of Carantini kind of proved to be uh, not an everyday major league catcher, but he's a, a really solid young backup catcher that can also play other positions. Yeah, he's versatile. He can play first base. You know that sort of thing. He can give Rizzo a day off. Um, his bat was actually not that bad. Um, I just think he still needs a little bit more time to develop, but I wouldn't mind seeing him as a backup catcher this season. Um, just personally, Avila for me, he was, he was great for the Cubs when he came over. Um, it'll definitely be interesting to see how, um, the Cubs handle their backup catchers this year, especially because of Contreras' injury that he had. And I know Contreras came back and everything like that, but even still, when you have a catcher, Who's in a squat position for all nine innings of? You, you always have to games. be worried about that. You have to be a little bit concerned, and I think that 
even having a younger guy in there like uh, a Carantini would be a, a, at least a decent backup catcher. That, And also, I think because of the fact that he and Avila both had experience with you know, the, the staff this year, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I also still like the fact... I still... Your point that he still needs to develop is what's holding, I know, and that's is what's that's holding me back from like, wanting him to go to go after him more. Um, I, you look at his stats last year, he betted 260, uh, an 828 on base percentage with 49 uh, RBIs and 14 home runs. I think for a cheaper price, which he's also getting up there in age, I believe, too, um, it's going to be difficult to find a guy like that. He's 30 years old, still has a lot of time, and he still has a few years left of him. Um, not an everyday starter, but I think perfect for that filler role. And I think he, fill, yeah. and he fit in with the Cubs organization very quickly, came in with a lot of clutch hits. You couldn't ask for more out of a backup catcher. And yeah. I wouldn't mind just seeing, they sign him to a one-year deal, have him as the backup catcher for this year. You got another big veteran presence in that clubhouse along with all the other guys. You give Carantini another year to develop because he's close. He's definitely close. He's very close, yeah. But I think from a development perspective, you want him getting as many at-bats and as much playing time as possible still in the minor leagues, which the only reason we saw him in the bigs this year was because the Cubs just had so many injuries. They ran out of catchers, and they had to bring Carantini up to cover for that. Yeah. And so they you you could tell the mission for him is still keep him down down in the minors, keep him in AAA, give him a few, a lot more playing time down there. I think one more solid year in AAA will be great for him. Just give him that regular experience. I think he's going to be putting, because you know he, he also plays first base as well, and he got some yeah. split time down there. I think they're going to be putting him a lot more at the catcher position, and then they're going to sign Avila to one more year, keep him as the backup catcher, and then bring in Carantini as the backup going into the 2018 season. Okay. Because then you have another that cheap guy. Sense, yeah. Then you would have another cheap guy as a backup along with Contreras. You give him another full year to develop. And I think that would just make the most sense in in my mind. And you get a very solid backup catcher in Alex Avila, who we got through that trade. Um, looking at another... We're, we're, just, we're just loving all the pitchers and catchers. <laughs> Brian, Dwen, uh, Brian Dunsing. I want to pronounce it Dwensing every time. And Dunsing. It, Dunsing. And uh, one of these days I'll get it right. <laughs> Again, it's a guy I don't think they're going to do a qualifying offer, but I do believe they're going to sign in free agency. It, there's not really much to be said. He was a solid uh, guy off. One of the most consistent guys, I think, out of their oh, pen yeah. this year who they're going to want to bring back. He's a lefty, right? Yes, left-handed yeah, pitcher. I mean, and... Obviously, a consistent lefty out of the pen is something you want. You can tell what they love guys like Mike Montgomery and Dunsing. I th- I still see Dunsing easily coming back next year. Yeah, I could see that the Cubs making an offer for him. Um, it would be nice to get a, a few years of him if he can be that consistent. Um, I I I don't know. I, I I like it. I wouldn't mind having him back. Um, but I look at my con- my priorities of you know, bringing, bringing who back and everything like that. He's not up there f- for me personally. Um, but that's just it though. I think, I think if you look at the Cubs, I know the the pitching is going to be the one thing that they're going to have to focus on. Um, there are a ton of relievers out there though, on the free agent market that I think the Cubs could probably put more of a focus on starting pitching at the beginning of uh, free agency and, and, you know, the, the winter meetings and all that sort of stuff more so than looking at, um, 
more so than looking at the the bullpen as a as a need. Um, but you know, we were just talking about you know Wade Davis and that too. But I I, I think that. The starting pitching would come first, but I also would pay just as much as attention to getting that lockdown closer mm-hmm. um, as just as equal in terms of priority with uh, the Cubs getting that closer set than going into the guys that fill the holes in the rest of the bullpen. All right. And so lastly now, I'm just going to group these next three guys together because I think the answer will be the same for all three of them. We have Rene Rivera, Mike Freeman, Manny Parra. Yeah. It's a no and a no for both of them for me. I think there's just going to be better options on the market. They're going to be looking to go after. I don't know. Freeman either they're just going to go with the guys and they have down in the farm system, or they're just going to pick up somebody for the on the cheap. Freeman wouldn't. I wouldn't mind signing at least Freeman to a a minor league um, a contract. contract of some sort. Um, yeah, but the, he not. was only paid 500k last year. Yeah, so. just I don't know. He, he, I, I he'll be he. He'll probably see um playing time more in the minors and keep moving it as a development player yeah but that's probably what I not much to. not much else going on there now last but not least there's other there are a few more changes going on within the cubs organization these a little more physical than the rest is construction has begun again at wrigley during this offseason really they wasted no time the nlcs ended i think the cubs were there the next day to clean out their lockers and uh get ready for the offseason and now we already see the teardown beginning. We're seeing seats being removed on the um, on the first baseline as well as construction crews already moving in. Yeah. I'd like to get your thoughts on this because I think right now the, the, the goal for this year is they're going to be adding a lot more clubs. I believe the club behind home plate and another one either in right or left field will be added as well as um, replacing some of the areas down that first baseline will be... Um, fixed up and renovated. What are your thoughts on the the upcoming changes you we're going to see at Wrigley over yeah, this offseason? Um, my thing is that I'm first off I'm happy that uh you know we can see some changes come into Wrigley Field um more so because of the fact that um we're seeing a lot of these guys or not these guys excuse me we're seeing a, a lot of changes come to Wrigley and it's making it a more um friendly uh, environment which is really cool to see. Although my one concern though, with all the construction and adding clubs and that sort of stuff is where's the family aspect, you know, and all this it's missing if, a if, little bit. If you're, if you're a baseball person and you're, if you're, and you're trying to bring in that younger generation of fans, um, there's, yeah, you can go like on the weekend and, you know, enjoy a day still game. Expensive. And it, it's still expensive. That's true. The other thing though, too, is that, you know, there's activities, you know, in the ballpark that, you can take your family to. There's not a lot, yeah. and adding more clubs and stuff. It, it's a tailoring towards a more business. twenty-one and older yeah. business um, audience or demographic than it is towards the family side. And I think that's kind of where, I, as much as it's going to be really nice. I mean, at least for you and I, Dylan, because we're of age and we can go enjoy those clubs and that sort of stuff. Actually, well, a lot of those are exclusive too. You have to buy a ticket package well, that, for the and that's area. the other thing too. Is that you're making it even harder for people to really kind of enjoy it if you want. Well, they're also displacing a lot of people who own season tickets in that yes. area. You're seeing, you're seeing people who've owned season tickets as I, a certain seat right, right down the first baseline right behind that home plate area. Their ticket prices have increased by like 200% because in order to maintain that ticket, they have to buy the access to the club and all that other stuff. And so yeah. they're, they're actually that's, being forced to move. Yeah, that's, that's the one thing that I'm really struggling with is that they can't really seem to get any focus on it. And it's kind of struggling for me because I really want to see, you know, these guys do well and do that sort of, and, you know, 
and at least get people into the the butts into Wrigley Field, which I'm people aren't really worried about. But you know, if you're looking to drive in a younger audience, you really have to tailor towards families too. And we haven't seen that with a lot of these renovations. The park at Wrigley outside of the ballpark, that's great. Awesome. Great thing for families. It's you can, you know, go ice skating there in the winter and all that there's sort of Jenny's stuff. There's a Jenny's ice cream about to be installed too. And yeah, there's gonna be more <laughs> more fun stuff for I'm kids excited to get. for that. There's sugar rush and all that sort of, I mean I am too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um you know but you got a, you got a sports still, bar and a Jenny's ice cream right next to each other. Yeah. Nothing it's else like, better. That's like a like a man child's dream right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but but then you know goes back to the fact is where's the family aspect of the ballpark? It's like you know for example, if you go up to Milwaukee and you go to the Brewers ballpark, there's a mini playground in there for kids to go. You know, spend a few minutes to kill some energy and then go back to their seats. There's a, a rock climbing wall. There's different little things in there that tailor towards families. And I think honestly that's why we see a lot of Cubs fans go up to Miller Park is because one tickets are cheaper for families and two you can actually have a, a pretty good family-oriented time at Miller Park versus Wrigley Field because Wrigley Field is in a in a neighborhood and it's you know it's great for like I said kids 18 or people 18 and it's over. It's done a good job of ba- the neighborhood aspect has done a especially with the addition of the park I think has done a nice job of balancing that family and bar scene almost. Um I th- I still think it's a, a pretty big bar scene. Well, it's ma- obviously Just it's a big personally. bar scene, but they're trying to add a little more aspects to it, and I hope they do. Um, Maybe I, I don't. Th- it's still definitely per- tailored more towards the bar scene. That's I, I mean. can't it's, disagree it's with that. It's definitely more tailored towards the bar scene, but I also think that they aren't really focusing on yeah. the family aspect. Yeah. And you know, even if they had like a family package where you could get four tickets to ten games throughout the season, that's another thing to bring in families into the ballpark and bring in younger generations of baseball fans and i i still feel like the demographic for baseball fans is older than um than you know older than you think it is yeah older than we think it is yeah Yeah. exactly we think it's like a family thing but it's definitely harder to hold a kid's attention for nine innings than it is yeah and if your kid has to be looking at their smartphone or tablet to keep themselves even harder they're not gonna be baseball fans sorry but anyways that'll do it for this episode for us yeah we're gonna go to next week it's gonna be a really fun show we've got um, a bunch of stories, and we want to hear from you guys and let us know what sort of stories you have to tell. Um, it could be anything from something that you've experienced at a Cubs game. We want to keep it Cubs-related, though, so don't tell us any weird stories about how you got drunk at some bar outside of Wrigley Field or whatever. But uh, As good as those are, that's, that's for another day. That's for another day, yeah. So send us your stories about anything Cubs-related, whether you're at a game and something happened or whether you were – where you were at, you know, when they won the World Series, where you were at when they clinched to go to the World Series, anything like that. Um, any bleacher stories for you bleacher bums out there or any, you know. I think that'll be a, ne- a different theme is bleacher stories. Yeah. Because there's a lot. There are a I lot of a different bleacher stories. Um, but even still, we want to hear from you guys, though. So you email us and you can email us on our 108 you, bricks podcast yes at, at gmail.com. gmail.com is it 108 bricks pod or podcast I don't podcast remember. our twitter is 108 bricks pod <laughs> glad i know our own email <laughs> our yeah yeah our email is again 108 bricks for the record i message curtis bi-weekly with i forgot What's the, the password, password to our yeah. email and uh, <laughs> uh, but anyways the the email 108 bricks podcast at gmail.com and you can follow us on twitter at 108 Bricks Pod. And of course, you can like us on Facebook, 108 Bricks Podcast, a Cubs podcast. And uh, that's where we have all of our social media stuff. So please send us stories. We'd love to read them out on the air and discuss them and have a good time. I think it'll be a nice little filler just to sort of reminisce 
during this time of no baseball, which yeah, is always and, rough. And by the time this goes out, we'll, well actually right by the time we start the story stuff, it'll be right into like the winter meetings. So that'll lead right up into like the big free agency signings and all that sort of stuff. So we've got a lot of stuff planned regardless. But we're, we're going to stay tuned throughout the uh, off season. So don't go anywhere. Don't unsubscribe. Make sure you keep stay with us. us. Stay with us. We're not going to quit. <laughs> Don't we'll worry. be here we're one way here. or another, exactly. whether you like it or not. <laughs> so we'll be right back with more episodes in the future. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>